0: Welcome to the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. My name is Sean Coleman. It's a pleasure to be back with you again. I apologize for not being available for a show yesterday. Uh, Work was crazy, but did have some other things come to fruition that I've been working on for a while as well that does pertain to this show. So I'm going to share that with y'all a bit of an opportunity to expand this show to offer more interaction between myself and others that cover the Grizzlies to those who cheer for the Grizzlies just like us always stated a big reason why I enjoy doing this show is because of the opportunity that it gives me to interact with others that are passionate about the same things that I am. So we'll talk about that a bit later, but can't thank you enough for joining us wherever you are and wherever you are listening. It's great to be back in the saddle and it's great to finally be to March 10th where the Grizzlies will tonight resume their playoff pursuit. Now, the best way that I can describe it as far as this playoff pursuit goes is that if you remember back to the bubble after being, you know, without basketball for five months, if you remember how exciting it was to see nine games of Grizzlies basketball in 16 days as they were trying to keep their you know, ability to have a chance at the playoffs, that's exactly what the Grizzlies are going to do now. But instead of nine games in 16 days, they're basically times in it by five, 40 games in 68 days. Now, it's going to be a lot of fun for us Grizzlies fans. It's going to be a big task for, you know, the Grizzlies and their coaching staff. So with that in mind, like I stated in today's episode, we're going to spend all three segments looking up and down the roster. We did a hierarchy episode before the season started of where players might play best, what to look out for from them. We're going to do that same thing in this show, looking at a few things that really stood out for each player in the rotation from the first half, but also a point of emphasis for each player in the second half. You can find the show at Locked Home Grizz, myself at Stats Sec. The podcast, wherever podcasts are available, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you choose to listen to your podcast, that's where we will be. Before we get started, we do want to remind you of our title sponsor, our friends over at CBDMD. If you go to cbdmd.com, it makes it even easier to relax, regroup, and recharge. They're offering all our listeners 25% off your next order when you use the promo code MBA at checkout. That's 25% off your next order when you use the promo code MBA at checkout over at cbdmd.com. So when it comes to the Grizzlies, obviously one of the bigger things that we were looking at coming into the second half of the season was yesterday's injury report. I had kind of, you know, kind of tongue-in-cheek made the comment on Monday that the Grizzlies injury report that came out yesterday on the 9th was actually going to be probably their most anticipated injury report in years, and of course, the biggest reason why is Jaron Jackson Jr. Well, unfortunately, Jaron Jackson Jr. remains out with his left meniscus uh, a surgery. He obviously is still in the rehab portion of his surgery. And last night media in last night's media sessions, Coach Taylor Jenkins was asked about it multiple times, and he basically alluded to the fact that he's still going through the process. A couple of things come into play. It's still still not really getting any type of indication that Jaron Jackson Jr.'s return is imminent, that that it's going to be within a few games. You know, at this point in time, I don't really think there is a timeline. Yes, without a doubt. It's been much longer than any of us had anticipated. And it also now, though I don't think that there's any negativity between Jackson Jr. and the Grizzlies, I do think it is a bit of a negative turn of events. Because even though you certainly recognize that you want Jaron Jackson Jr. to be healthy as possible. There's clear proof he needs to take as much time as possible because we've seen other players like Kristaps Porzingis come back from injuries like this. We know how he's looked. He hasn't looked that great since returning. Obviously, you want to be as cautious as possible with Jaron Jackson Jr. But I do think two truce, tr- two truce could exist as a reaction to that you both can be understanding that the Grizzlies are taking their time and being as cautious as possible with Jaron Jackson Jr., while also being disappointed without being frustrated that the time that he's missing is taking away valuable time for him to de- really to develop chemistry and really help the Grizzlies indicate how him and Jaw continue to fit together, as well as how this young core fits together as well. Because at the end of the day, if you recall... The amount of time that Jared Jackson Jr. and Job Morant have played together, I, I believe I haven't counted off the top of my head, but they still are either right at or under 50 total games played together in their NBA careers. And though they rightfully are looked at as the duo that we are hitching our wagon to for this future, it would really, really be fun to see them sometime soon be able to play a stretch of games in which they play together, you know, at their full capacity unfortunately, it looks like that we're going to have to wait longer to actually see that. So that's the big thing to take away from it. It certainly is disappointing that Jerry Jackson Jr. is not back. It also is frustrating that he's not back but I think that it's important to separate that it's okay to understand why the Grizzlies are doing what they're doing but still be frustrated that this is taking away the opportunity for him to really be able to develop the chemistry and develop you know with his other teammates so it's already there because they played together more time playing together with this new roster in place at full health would be a big benefit not only to Jaron Jackson Jr. but to his teammates and to the Grizzlies as well the other thing that keep in mind, as we go further into the season, and this was hinted at in the media sessions yesterday as well, it may not be that big of a deal, but one thing to also consider is that we certainly are not in a normal turn of events as far as the normal amount of expected practices and workouts and things like that, the work, of, the work outside of the actual games as the season goes on. That is fewer and far between, especially when the Grizzlies are going to be more on the are going to be on the road more in the second half than they will be at home. I don't necessarily think that um, will delay Jaron Jackson Jr. when he's truly ready to come back, but it does make it a bit harder to kind of get the extra work in that you want to see from the injured player before you're really ready to let him, unleash him and let him be allow for him to be ready to play. So I don't necessarily think that's going to delay when Jaron Jackson Jr. is ready, but that is another wrinkle in the plans to where the Grizzlies just don't have as much time as they probably would like to really test him out and see, you know, that he is truly ready. He'll be back in time. I don't think I don't think there's any reason to expect for him not to be back, you know, I, I don't think there's any reason to expect for him not to be, you know, back at some point this season. I think by the end of March, we certainly will, at the very least, have an idea of when he'll be back. Hopefully, he will be back before the end of March because the Grizzlies truly could use him for the stretch run, being as close to full capacity as possible. But the thing is, is that we know this Grizzlies team can be competitive without Jaron Jackson Jr. They've been that way. All season long, and of course, one of the biggest reasons why it starts with franchise player Ja Morant. Now, when it comes to Ja Morant, obviously his shooting has certainly been something that has kind of regressed a little bit, especially from distance. His defense also has taken a bit of a step back, but he is still because he is still showing that he is emerging as a true franchise player from not only what he's doing himself on the court, but also what he's doing for his teammates. 19 points, seven and a half, or nearly 20 points a game, 7.7 assists per game. He's still shooting 45% from the field. He's averaging one steal per game, but the biggest thing is, is that even with the larger workload, he's taking. he actually is turning the, the ball over less than he did last year. So his game is truly evolving. The next step for John in the second half, I feel, he mentioned it last night, was to stay aggressive. My hope is he stay aggr- he stays aggressive with his shot. We saw some improved ability from three as the season was coming to a close over his past three or four games. Jaw was shooting better from beyond the arc. Though you don't want him necessarily taking 10 three-point shots a game uh, or more like he did against the Bucs every game. You do like to see the fact that his confidence is there. So my hope for for, uh, Ja Morant is for his uh, confidence to continue to be there, to continue to show, and for him to shoot if the shot is there. Because the only way that he's going to get his shot consistent is by taking more reps and you trust his decision-making to know that his shot is the best, you know, scenario on that possession when he shoots it. The other part of the equation, though, is Tyus Jones at the point guard position. Now, Tyus has remained very effective in terms of his assist-to-turnover ratio. He's improved his ability to create ha- to create chaos on defense. He has contributed more than you might think to the Grizzlies' emerging as one of, if not the most opportunistic defenses in the in the NBA, but the big thing for Tyus Jones is refinding his shot. Now, his floater is certainly there, and his shot within the two-point line is there as well. He's getting into the lane and finding his floater just fine, but it would be a big benefit if he could refine the three-point shot that he had from December through March of last year, if he could refine that shot this year, and I think in his case, it's just a matter of the shots falling. If they could start to fall a bit more, that'll make the bench unit even more of a benefit to the Grizzlies. But I really think that once Tyus Jones shot starts to fall again, he'll be right back at the value we all knew that he was, you know, in leading our bench. Last year, But it's not just about the point guard position, especially when the point guard position is probably the position that has the most certainty for the Grizzlies coming forward. Coming up, I'm going to look at the wing positions and really see how players at both the 2 and the 3 could emerge for the Grizzlies and which players should be preferred going into the second half when it comes to the Grizzlies in high leverage and important moments of each game. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Blue Chew is making waves and bringing more confidence to the bedroom. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. Blue Chew's tablets combat all forms of ED and can help men gain confidence for when it's time to perform. Blue Chew is an online prescription service, so no visits to the doctor's offices, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy, and it ships right to your door in a discreet package. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical professionals, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online. BlueChew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredient and strength for your prescription. Don't like swallowing pills? No problem here. BlueChew's Sildenafil and Tadalafil tablets are chewable. BlueChew's tablets are made in the USA, and they prepare and ship direct, so it's cheaper than a pharmacy. So, if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, visit BlueTube.com for more details and important safety information. And we've got a special deal for our listeners: try BlueTube free when you use your promo code Locked On at checkout. Just pay five dollars shipping. That's BlueTube.com promo code Locked On to receive your first month free. And we thank BlueTube for sponsoring this podcast. Betting on the Grizzlies doesn't have to be a guessing game anymore if you listen to the new Locked On Sports podcast. Uh, Show, hosted by your boy Q and hand expert, Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. So before we continue with looking at the hierarchy of Grizzlies players that are um, in their rotation for the second half of the season, excited to announce a new opportunity, a bit of an expansion of the Locked on Grizzlies show. Over the past several months, I've talked with you about how the Locked on Grizzlies podcast has been a dream come true for me because it allows for me not only to talk about the team that I love on a daily basis, but also it has allowed for me more opportunity to interact with those with those who share the same passions that I do for the NBA, for sports, and the Grizzlies. Well, another source that has allowed for me to do that is the Locker Room app. It's a social media, social audio app that allows for fans from across the sports world to come and interact with each other. I've gotten to know quite a few good people have networked. It's led to many guests being on my show and led to new opportunities for me as well, both in terms of what I do with the Grizzlies and outside of that, with Locked On Podcasts covering the Grizzlies and outside of that. It's really expanded my joy of being a sports fan, and it can do the same through for you well through a partnership between both the locked on podcast network and the locker room app i actually have the opportunity now to host a weekly show it'll be every thursday night pending games, it could change due to if there are games on a Thursday night, but every Thursday night at 8 or 8.30, I will be hosting a 45 minute to hour long weekly show in which it will allow for you, our listeners, to interact with myself and other folks who cover the Grizzlies. I'll try to have guests who cover the Grizzlies on a regular basis on the show from time to time, but more than anything I always say that the reason why I love doing this is because of the interaction it creates between myself and those who are passionate about the Grizzlies. This gives Grizzlies fans and myself and others the opportunity on a weekly basis to be able to enjoy a fun conversation about the Grizzlies, about the team we love from any perspective that we want. It's just a great opportunity to interact, get to know more about the team that we love, really discuss new ideas and they know different perspectives of why we love the Grizzlies and so on. So it's a great opportunity that I'm really excited about. Again, it'll be every Thursday night for now at 8 to 8 30. I certainly will have plenty of awareness out there for you for when to join and how to join. The biggest thing to do is just go to to your, um, go to the App Store on your phone that's really the only if you have an Apple iPhone that's really the only option through the iOS system to be able to have access to Locker Room at this time they're, they're hoping to expand in the near future but if you have the Apple iPhone you can go to the App Store download the Locker Room app and you'll be able to see Let's Talk Grizzness every Thursday night at 8 to 8.30 come join interact let's conversate and let's have a great time discussing the team that we all love another exciting development on tomorrow's show I will actually have Nick Anstag, Angstad, he is actually a co-host of the Locked on Mavericks podcast. He will be joining me to discuss the Southwest Division. We'll be looking at all five teams in the Southwest Division who, for different reasons, have a lot riding on the second half of this season as a determining factor of how their future for the for the, this calendar year and beyond may look. We'll discuss the Mavericks, the Spurs, the Pelicans, uh, the Rockets, and the Grizzlies. Really excited to bring Nick onto the show. But let's get back to the, what we were talking about You know, in the first segment, looking at the different players at each position for the Grizzlies and kind of the hierarchy that should develop. Now, when it comes to the wing positions, both the shooting guard and the uh, the, the small forward position, I think that there's several players who it's going to be really interesting to see how they continue to develop at the different positions at which they play. But to me, the most interesting is DeAnthony Melton. And the reason why that is, is because if DeAnthony Melton can in any way, shape or form continue the produ- productivity that he had in the first half of the season, he by far, should be the clear preference at the two guard position next to John Morant. Now, the thing about it is, is that when Coach um, Taylor Jenkins, at the first of the season, decided that um, Grayson Allen would be at this would be the starting two guard next to Morant with the front court of Dylan Brooks, Kyle Anderson, and Jonas Valanciunas, there was reason to speculate whether or not they made, that made sense. Well, it certainly has made sense so far this season. In general. Coach Jenkins' decision to want to start a shooter next to John Morant with Dylan at the three where he excels, with Kyle Anderson at the four where he excels, and obviously Jonas operating at the five, that has been advantageous for the Grizzlies. The numbers suggest that they have a positive net rating in the first quarter when they start Grayson Allen or Desmond Bain with those other four starters, and we've noticed that they get off to pretty big leads when they start those players as well. So the idea of starting either Grayson Allen or Desmond Bain really does help out the Grizzlies starting lineup and probably will continue to do so until Jaron and Justice are ready to start. However, I do think that DeAnthony Melton offers the best two-way potential of any of those options, of Grayson Allen, of Bain, of John Concher, however you want to look at it, even Dylan Brooks, though he's playing more at the three. So for DeAnthony Melton, it really stands out. His defense, obviously, is the best of that group. I think that his shooting takes a bit of regression as he gets more opportunities. But he certainly, if he can remain around 36 to 38% from three and continues to find his own shot and be aggressive getting to the rim, I think that he's the best two-way um, you know, source of production for this Grizzlies team at the two-guard position. I really think he stands out as being the guy who deserves the most minutes, even if he may not get that many starts. For Grayson Allen and Desmond Bain, it's going to continue seeing their shot fall. For Grayson Allen, hopefully it's health. It seems like he's got a pretty big concussion issue that he's dealing with. Hopefully he'll be safe in time. It'll be interesting to see when he comes back. But when he does, for Desmond Bain and Grayson Allen, it's going to continue to be their ability to either off the bench or in that starting two-guard role to continue making the shots, support Jaw and others, because that really allows for the Grizzlies to get balance on offense. On the wing position... Dylan Brooks, obviously, has settled into a role that we feel is closest to what his ideal role is. It's that fourth or fifth scoring option if he's a starter out of the small forward position in which he can be a high-energy, high... influence type guy in terms of consistent action he plays good defense he also has settled into being a productive shooter he you know since jaw has come back and since john jonas have been back over the past few weeks he's really settled into that role of getting 15 to 18 points a night shooting between 40 to 45 percent and also shooting 40 percent from three that's a great role and great productivity for dylan outside of that role so dylan at the three really does seem to be working now Do I think that just because he's having success at the three, the Grizzlies should consistently start him once they have Jaren and Justice back at full capacity? I don't. We may see him shift over to the two, or we may see that he comes off the benches at three. I'm not necessarily sure. Also, need to continue to see more decision-making improvements as far as he goes, because though it is not as frequent, there are times where he still will get a bit shot-happy, especially late in-game. So, I don't necessarily know if we see Dylan's minutes go down overall. I do, though, think that he could potentially become less of a frequent starter and more off-the-bench option as time goes on from the starting three position. And, of course, the other person to speak on, you know, I haven't really mentioned John Concher, haven't really mentioned Sean McDermott and others, just because I don't think they're going going to be in the rotation once the Grizzlies are hopefully back to full health, but the one guy that we know will be in the rotation and will have a major influence on it is Justice Winslow. Now, I'll talk more about in a minute how the Grizzlies have more front court depth than they anticipated coming into this year with numbers suggesting that both Justice and Cal Anderson play better at the four than they do the three. But with that being said, J- Justice Winslow still is very impactful from the small forward position, and I do think that that's where he is going to eventually settle as the Grizzlies starter. So I think even however the starting lineups look, and Coach Jenkins has his preferences when it comes to the starting lineups. I do feel that despite whatever the starting lineup may look like, when it comes to the two-guard position and when it comes to the small forward position, the people, the players that should emerge as getting the most minutes are De'Anthony Melton and Justice Winslow because of their two-way potential. Everybody has their things that they need to work on. But I think that when it comes to the two-way impact, which Taylor Jenkins really seems to preference, even at times overshooting, I think De'Anthony Melton and Justice Winslow are the best bets to get the most minutes. Or for the if they are getting the most minutes, is because their development has certainly continued to happen, and the Grizzlies are really finding success with it. And I think that's the best case outcome of among all the depth on the wing and at the two guard position for the Grizzlies. But the thing that I mentioned just a second ago is also true: the Grizzlies have more front court depth than they anticipated coming into this season. Coming up, I'll discuss a bit of the hierarchy in the front court and how each of the players that could be in the rotation at the four and five positions could really take the next step for their progression on the Grizzlies roster in the second half of the season. Obviously, it's an exciting time with the Grizzlies getting their second half of the season started tonight. But another great thing about March is that it also, we are right on the cusp of March Madness, the annual best month of the year when it comes to basketball, when you've got the NBA and college basketball, NBA during its stretch run, college basketball during the NCAA tournament. It's March Madness. Well, in the spirit of March Madness, I have another opportunity for you to really get to enjoy Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It really has been a great addition to many of the Locked On Podcast hosts' daily routine. Because not only is it healthy, but it's so versatile. You can use it in the morning as breakfast, perhaps in the afternoon as a snack. Whenever you choose to use it, it's a great addition to your day. And one of the best reasons why is because there's so many flavors to choose from. Well, in the spirit of March Madness, Bar has actually decided to host their own March Madness Tournament pitting many of the great tastes that we all enjoy against each other to ultimately decide what the best taste of Built Bar is out there. We have been telling you about Built Bar for a while now. But with that in mind, Bill Bar is the amazing, we know that Bill Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. But now we're ready to determine the best flavor of them all. Today's matchups are German chocolate and salted caramel, along with Mocha Love and WC Birthday Cake. Now, the thing is, is that all four of these flavors are amazing, but Only two of them can advance in the determination of what the best flavor is going forward. Go to BuiltBar.com or at Built underscore Bar on Twitter and vote. Remember, use the promo code LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order. That is LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein, protein bar at Built Bar. obviously we've now gotten we we're now more than a month away from when football was on it would seem like every night unfortunately it is true that it's still months away for those of us who love football but beyond that the great thing is is that we're getting into another exciting time of the season the NBA second half the NHL second half March Madness UFC fights it seems like every weekend and obviously baseball on the horizon as well regardless of what sports you cheer for or what athletes you follow if part of your fandom is wagering and betting on sports I've got one spot that has you covered and one place that you can trust when when it comes to your betting needs, and that's betonline.ag. BetOnline, BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news scores and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and use the promo code On, and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit again that's using the promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit BetOnline, online your online sportsbooks experts visit betonline.ag today march madness is only a few weeks away but the future of the nba is on display right now get a head start on this year's draft analysis by subscribing to chad ford's nba big board podcast Draft guru Chad Ford has released his Big Board 2.0 with profiles of Chase Cunningham, Jalen Suggs, Evan Mobley, and more. Subscribe to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. So we discussed... The point guard, the shooting guard, and the small forward position. You know, if you just to give you a quick summary, we obviously know what the what the starting lineup is going to look like until Jaron comes back. It seems like the Grizzlies are gonna start Ja with the shooter next to him, and then Dylan at the three, Kyle Anderson at the four, and Jonas at the five. But however, in time, Jordan Jackson Jr. will be back. And also, you're expecting Justice Winslow to also likely start in time as well. But speaking of Justice Winslow, the development of how he's played this year along with Kyle Anderson has given the Grizzlies more front court depth than they anticipated. To put it you know, simple and straightforward, both Justice Winslow and, Jer- and Kyle Anderson are advantages at the four position as small ball fours. Their ability on both ends of the court, their improved shooting ability that we've seen, as well as their ability to facilitate are great comp- to the rest of the Grizzlies lineup. Well, if that's the case, that's afforded this Grizzlies team more front court depth than they actually thought that they had. And when Jaron Jackson Jr. comes back, that's going to be even more of the case. Now, at the end of the day, when it comes to the starting lineup, Jaron and JV are going to be starting when they're both at full capacity. There's no question about that. But the thing is, is that with the overwhelming depth that the Grizzlies now have at both the four and five position, you're likely going to see different variations at times on the court of both starters and reserves playing, and especially when it comes to the closing lineups. For Justice and Kyle, that means Kyle possibly starting at the four with Justice coming on at at the three in different lineups and them switching, switching and swapping between the three and four position based off the matchups that they're facing. That's the type of versatility and switchability that you see with this front Court depth of the Grizzlies. So obviously, when Jaron and JV are back, they're going to be starting. Justice may be starting at the three, but then you're going to see Justice, Kyle, and Brandon Clark as being the clear depth when it comes to the Grizzlies' front court. You've seen a lot of different combinations that have worked. Kyle at the four with BSC at the five. Justice at the four with BC at the five. Perhaps a starting front court of both Justice and Kyle. There's a lot of defensive potential that's in those different combinations. However, with that being the case, we certainly, you know, there certainly comes a time to where only two positions between the four and the five can be filled, though Justice and Kyle can certainly go to the three. So at some point. There are only so many minutes that can be passed along. So when it comes to Justice and Kyle, obviously for Kyle Anderson, it's just simply continuing to be the two-way maven that he's been so far this season. He's marveled when it comes to how he's improved as a player. If he can continue to do that, no matter what his role is going forward, that's going to be big a big benefit to the Grizzlies. Justice Winslow is continuing to have a lot of two-way impact himself when it comes to offense and defense. If he can continue to find his shot, He clearly is going to be a preference when it comes to starting at the three and also in different combinations, especially when the Grizzlies need defense. Like I've said, when when J when, uh, J- when Jaron comes back, obviously health is the big thing for him. He's going to combine with Jv in that starting role, and Jv's ability to both rebound and score obviously elevates this offense to a level that makes it competitive with anyone. Now, the big thing is though, is that if the Grizzlies need scoring and offense late in games, they have Jv and Jaron that they can go to. If they need defense, then they have a different variety of combinations they could look at with Kyle, with Justice, with Jaron, and with Brandon Clark. However, with Jaron coming back, and with the emergence of Kyle and Justice being at the four position, that's really where they excel. We've started to see a bit less opportunity for rookie Xavier Tillman. It's not necessarily that he's playing you know, significantly worse than he was when he was starting, when he was in a featured role. It's just that naturally, the Grizzlies have discovered that their more advantageous lineups are when they go smaller, and when they have Justice and Kyle, along with JV or BC, and especially when Jaron comes back playing. So, while I don't think Xavier Timmons is necessarily going to fall out of the rotation, I do think he's going to have less of a defined role when it comes to how he'll contribute than others. Because right now, you could conceivably make an argument that he is sixth on the depth chart when it comes to the front court options that the Grizzlies have. Again, not a slight towards him, it's just that there's more productive options for the Grizzlies to use as they're trying to make the playoffs. So when it comes to Xavier Tillman, I think he's going to settle into about a 10 to 15-minute roll each night. If he can continue his passing, continue his clutch defense, and continue to make positive plays up and down the court, that's going to be his big thing. Which brings me to Gorgie Dane. Gorgie Dang is basically out of the rotation. Yes, he has played, but when the, Gri- the, the more healthy the Grizzlies have been, the less likely it is that Gorgie Dang has played. And obviously, that means that he certainly, in my opinion, becomes the most obvious trade candidate that's out there for the Grizzlies. I do feel that he certainly is a good bench piece, especially for contenders, and can add value in the playoffs. You have seen his shot benefit from the time that he has been with Taylor Jenkins, but whether it be through trading him or potentially being a buyout option, I do think that Gorgie Dang is obviously one of the more likely players to completely fall out of the rotation that's on this Grizzlies roster. So plenty of depth is certainly there. That's always been the biggest advantage for the Grizzlies this year. The individual improvement of that depth has certainly been something, a sight to see, certainly a great development. Now it's figuring out how to use that depth consistently in the most successful scenarios and combinations out there. Taylor Jenkins has proven he could do that many times over the first half of this season. I think he will continue to do that. It's just going to be interesting to see what's going to take the preference. Is it going to be the shooting to balance out the offense for the Grizzlies, or those players who can make the most two-way impact? I think two-way impact should win out, but it'll be interesting to see when it comes to Taylor Jenkins and his coaching staff's decision. Don't forget, Tomorrow is a big day for the podcast. We will have Nick Angstad from the Locked On Mavericks podcast coming on to discuss second half expectations for the entire Southwest division. We will also host our first Locked On Grizzlies Let's Talk Grizzness episode on the Locker Room Out. Now, I may not turn all of these chats into opportunities when it comes to adding to the podcast, but it will be a great time being with interacting with other fellow Grizzlies fans, those who cover the Grizzlies and so on, through the Locker Room app. Again, if you have an iPhone, go download the Locker Room app. When you get all set up, Go into where the main chats are, and you'll see Let's Talk Grizzness tomorrow night at 8 o'clock, and let's get down to talking some Grizzlies basketball. Until then, you again can find the show at Grizz myself at Stats SAC. You can always let us know what you think of the show via DMs. Please rate, you know, please listen, subscribe, enjoy, and review the show wherever you listen to your um, podcasts. We certainly love any feedback. That comes our way until next time. Hope you have a great Wednesday. Go Grizzlies. Another nitty gritty grind session. will be out soon focusing on the Wizards, but let's get the second half started off on a great opportunity tonight to really be able to get our pursuit of the playoffs on the right foot until then have a great day and we'll talk to you again soon here on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast.